there and welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast where we talk film, TV, games and all that jazz like there's no tomorrow. My name is Tom and as always I am joined with my co-host John. Hey, um, I sound different now so... Uh, we we all sound our... different. Yeah, because we've got better audio now so <laughs> we're just testing we out every day. And I sound better with the echo. Wait. Hello there. Oh my god, that was... That was... That was a very sensual moment for me. I have to. Yeah, that was a say. very uh, um, captivate, uh, captivating moment, you know. <laughs> I yeah. have to say, first and foremost, I, I do have to say, I'm sorry about last week, everyone. There were audio issues last week that unfortunately we couldn't really do anything about. Uh, mm. You know, we, we thought we, we thought that, you know, Skype would work, but some of the audio was off. So we're trying Zoom today. Hopefully that clears everything up um, yeah. as we talk about. Our favourite film scores, as you will see from the title. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, um, I've got a very interesting mix uh, today. I've been, yeah, I'm excited having, to hear. Um, yeah, I've been like listening carefully about like, okay. Just, yeah, I've just been listening to all the scores last night and thinking, okay, is it is it is this what I really want? Oh, yeah, he's, so, he's done uh, his homework. He's done his homework. Yeah, but I found my number one. Ooh. Yeah, so Ooh, I'm excited. Ooh. And we're also yeah, talking exactly. about Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode six. So that being the finale uh, to kind of wrap up our kind of thoughts on that, as well as the news and viewing and all the stuff. And in, in our outro, we have a little bit of an announcement for next week. So, you know, skip around in the uh, in the time codes below, you know, what you want to see when you want to see it. And I will get us started on the news. The news. Yay. Yeah. The news. We have some of the Batman news, specifically a Batman Ooh. spin-off. So, oh, right, okay. Matt Reeves has spoken about making a Batman spin-off, and this is coming to us in the form of Gotham PD, which is going to be set during the first year of Batman's career, so just before the film, be focusing on, on Jim Gordon, um, and Re- Matt Reeves will be producing with Joe Barton as showrunner. So what do you think about this, this prospect of doing a GCPD-style show? Um... Yeah, I think that'd be really interesting to see um, Matt Reeves um, a directing uh, a mini only TV producing. Show. Only oh, he's producing. only producing. Right. Yeah, right, producing. So um, yeah, um, well, I'm I'm hoping it's not going to be a lot like Gotham because we mm. already got like a Gotham TV show. You know, like we all had like the Riddler, and Jim Gordon, but it'll be really interesting to see how. Uh, they're going to do it with, that, with their version. So is it going to be a lot darker or is it going to be like, um, you know, something to take on that way during Gotham? I don't know, but, you know, like a GCPD. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I love Gotham so much. And I think that, you know, that show has such this kind of distinct style. It go, you know, it kind of explores so many avenues of Batman's lore. It does, as you said, Riddler and Penguin, like some of like the more grounded aspects, but then it also does Rachel Ghoul and Hugo Strange. And, you know, it, mm. it gets into so many different aspects of everything and, and tells this kind of complete, you know, Batman origin in the most kind of rich way that you can tell that story. And I don't want it to do that. You know, obviously I don't think it will be centered around Bruce Wayne at all, but I don't want it to, I, I want it to kind of make chart its own path, you know, maybe be a bit more focused yeah, on yeah. Like, the crime aspects. And, you know, I think Falcone is going to be in the, in, in the Batman. Um, so I think they might explore stuff like that. Yeah. With its, you know, like Colin Farrell, you know, that, with that makeup, that prosthetics. Yeah. It's just amazing. It's just yes, amazing. It really I, is. I didn't, I, I thought, is that Colin Farrell? Is that, is that him? Is that the guy with the, 
that, that yeah yeah i mean beautiful. i thought because i remember seeing um, pictures of him on set with with dyed blonde hair and i thought it was going to be very much like emperor penguin from the new 52 yeah and yeah detective comics but, but no one. it's 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 a completely different kind of penguin so maybe he'll be in it too yeah i'm very i'm very interested to see how the cast will play um each of the roles because it's Definitely. just it's entirely new for them um apart from um uh, Bottom, uh Bobbit Battenbad because he played in uh, Twilight as as a vampire but yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no but yeah really excited to see that yeah well it is interesting about you know there's no kind of news about what cast will be um carrying over but you know I think it is safe to assume that um the actor of oh what's he called the actor of Jim Gordon what's his name oh him he's in James Bond yeah I know him um, <laughs> um it'd be interesting oh, whether just... <laughs> come on um <laughs> i right. should know this uh it'd be interesting whether he'll be in it uh paul dano's riddler Wait, obviously. is it jeff something G- uh, oh jeffrey wright yeah yeah yeah, yeah. jeffrey yeah. wright yeah. so it'd be interesting whether he he's in it paul dano's riddler in, in some of the comics obviously edward nigma works at the gcpd you know in gotham yeah. and in various other things so it'd be interesting to see whether they want to tell those stories i don't know I'm interested. I mean, I'll watch it. It sounds great. Yeah. Um, but we'll see if the Batman film, well, it's Matt me if he can direct really good films. I mean, he yeah. did. Um, Planet of the Apes. Wait, did he direct the t- first two? No, he um, directed Dawn and War of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, so Dawn and Yeah, yeah. I, I, that, not the first two. The, the, the two. The, the two, Tom. Um, the two. <laughs> yeah, the two really good ones so um yeah yeah so i mean I what, a faith- yeah, what a trilogy yeah well we've already spoken about that on the podcast in our favorite yeah, trilogy's episode yeah yeah have. yeah <laughs> doing a shameless so, shame, so, shameful plug. just go back to the episode where we just talk about a bunch of trilogies and they're great so yeah they really um, are yeah so moving on to the next piece of news well our next piece of news is actually on the marvel side of things we have some shang chi news Ooh, or more Shang-Chi, specifically Shang-Chi. a shang chi trailer Ooh. so this is our kind of first like major look at the film it, it's very it's a very action heavy trailer you know not much about plot but we got kind of yeah. get this kind of feeling that that shang chi has kind of left his home and he kind of has to return and that his father is the mandarin maybe um the mandarin Ooh, so yeah, well, uh, what, what did you what did you think there's obviously a lot of action um, going on yeah right so this one um well first off i was a bit um Doubtful and bit skeptical. Uh, skeptical. I was like, um, eh, I, I don't know. But then when I once, I once watched the trailer, I was just like pretty interested because like it looks very, very different because with the with the um the camera, um, uh, like what you said the other day about this um with the camera work, it's like the same thing, but the same yes. person who did the... Apple's. Wait, did he? No, no it's, uh, it's it's Bill Pope um, cine- is the cinematographer, and he yeah, has done yeah. uh, Spider Man Two and Spider Man Three and Scott Pilgrim, which are all very oh, kind yeah, of sorry. visually kind of distinct films. Have a very kind of uh, big style. I think you can see that in this trailer with a lot of yeah, the action yeah. set pieces. You can see that it's very kinetic and fluid in a way that some MCU films aren't really. Yeah, I feel like it's just you know like with watching the MCU fights, it's just a bit static. You know, like doesn't really involve a lot of camera movement but this one this one looks very very smooth and uh and i'll be like oh that's that, that looks really, that's really good uh 
Uh, but yeah, it also um, helps that there's a lot of actors with uh, martial arts kind of backgrounds. I don't know if you saw, but Simu Lee, who who plays Shang Chi, he did uh, he released some test footage of him and, and another guy like fighting and it is oh, like right. very I kind of so like that. hong kong kind of like martial arts cinema like it has those roots and it's very kind of uh like donnie yen in rogue one kind of like bringing oh, that kind yeah. of like martial arts style into into these kind of western films oh right okay and i love i really love the um the mise en sense in this uh trailer mm. it looks very colorful but um and i i don't know why but it just gives, gives me that you know the um, Black Panther vibes, you know, mm. like, like the animals and everything, you know, like it, it kind of looks like Wakanda. But you know, I'm very interested to see how this, um, with with this with this film because it's it's different and it's with an entirely different character that I really don't know. And we got it's got our um, well, <laughs> the Mandarin, the, uh, the Iron Man three, yeah, yeah. Iron well, III, that's the uh, one thing that I want to see. I want to see Trevor. <laughs> Trevor, yeah, if if he makes a comeback in this film, well, in the in the one shot, Uh, um, all hail the king, he was actually mm. taken out of prison to go and meet the real Mandarin. So I wonder, is he going to be in it? Oh, because if he does, then you know, like those two will cause a lot of trouble. It's like, oh, hello, my name's Trevor, Trevor Slattery. Um, I'm I'm an actor. Went out I mean, and then the I man love like, him in Iron Man too. Shut your mouth! Shut your mouth now! We're yeah. going to do some stuff. Oh, I okay. think I, I wouldn't put it past them to have Trevor just die at the hands of the real Mandarin and be mm. like, "Yeah, I'm the real Mandarin." <laughs> just like establish himself <laughs> straight away. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know that wait, guy says, "I am no real Mandarin, Tony." <laughs> you want to find the Mandarin, Tony? I yeah. am the Mandarin. See, I have dragon tattoos because man- Mandarin. Can you, can you tell? I have this thing called extremist. Is is that the thing? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that was so long ago. Remember when Agents of Shield did like an extremist? Uh, thing? Agents of Shield did that episode. Yeah, they did. They did sort of the Dark World episode than that one. Oh, yeah, I, they... yeah, I remember. Season one was very kind of like reactionary to Thor, to Iron Man three, Captain yeah, America and Winter Soldier. I, and that was really interesting because you know, that was like what. You know, like with reactionary with uh-huh. TV shows with, with movies, that's really mm-hmm. interesting because mm-hmm. it really impacts the show. But I'm wondering, wait, what, what if it impacts the films? But, uh, you know, yeah, it doesn't it always, work like that. But... It always felt, I mean, I, I guess until WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it has always felt kind of one-sided. Like, yeah, you know, the films will do things now have like big effects in the shows. The shows will do things and the films will really be affected. But it seems like, you know, when we kind of meet up with these characters from one division of Falcon and the Winter Soldier again, you know, mm. the, the events of those shows will have impacted them and they will be, you know, yeah. changed people. Changed people. But with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they have like their own storyline. Like it's, it's crazy. Like they somehow like time travel and mm. aliens, all of that. And then that wasn't really shown in a lot of. Yeah, well, you know, they like, had the Inhumans and all that. Yeah, they did in season two. Yeah, the, with the uh, with the not the test fact, I forgot what it was called, but it was like that weird obelisk. That was it. Obelisk. Is that the yeah. thing that um, that Simmons gets sucked into at the end of season two? Oh, wait, what was it? You, you know, know what I mean, right? She gets sucked into yeah, this, like, I know yeah, big rock. Yeah, big rock. Yeah, big rock. <laughs> uh, I think that was season big rock. 
That was season two, end of season two, I think. Because um, oh, really? I, only, I, only, I only really watched until like halfway through season three. Really? Wow, that felt like ages ago because I yeah. even have the DVD for season two and season one. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, nice. The, the, the cover for season two was pretty cool. Oh, it was in the, Hy- the Hydra four. one. Yeah, that yeah. one. That was, that was a really good cover. Um, and in season four, they had Ghost Rider. Yes, I remember they- that. Yeah, and that was very, very cool um, because there was a really cool fight scene and it was, one, one was uh, inhuman with like, I don't know why, but this power, like every time he, 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 can, he, he can manipulate fire or something. All um, oh, right. But then Ghost Rider. Is he Heat he Wave? Like, heat Wave. I think that was it. Maybe, I don't know. Well, um, that was a reference to Legends of Tomorrow, which is a DC thing. So I don't even know, no. man. I don't know. I I, I don't know. The, but, uh, it could be Sunspot. Sunspot's an X Men. It is part of the X Men. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was season four. And now what? What are they on now? Season they finished seven. the show, didn't they? Yeah, season seven. I think it's on Disney I, Plus. I, yeah. So. so. Yeah, I, I need to watch it because you know, but um, I've heard a lot of people saying it's really good, but I feel yeah. like. Are you sure about that? Yeah, um, well, I, I'm. I, I kind of. I did lose interest. Uh, you know, kind of halfway through season three, so I don't think I'll bother watching it um, anymore. Mm. But you know, um, but we do have actually some news regarding Spider Verse. Oh, so obviously the first Spider Verse um, was uh, directed by three different people. Um, obviously, with with um, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller writing and uh producing they actually uh, have a new film out called mitchell's versus the machines which is supposed to be great empire actually gave it five stars so maybe we should check that out um, wait empire gave it five stars yeah i think it's coming out wow. on netflix actually and um, it might be one to consider doing for the podcast um but we've actually got three new directors um for uh spider verse 2 so we've got joaquin dos santos who has worked on the last airbender and legend of cora kemp powers who co-directed and wrote soul and justin k thompson who worked on star wars clone wars which we actually covered a couple of weeks ago uh, as a background design supervisor so this is obviously three people who have a lot of um background in animation you know these 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 like critically acclaimed anime like animation things that have really like visual styles and obviously that is a big part of spider-verse the distinct visual styles of all the different universes of characters and such so what do you think about the fact that this is like a whole new creative team i think that's very very challenging but um kind of unique because mm. um with the spider-verse um that was so good like um, you can tell what they really wanted to have, and and they worked together like a team. Everything's awesome. Um, oh, um, yeah. I so, understood that reference. I did. A, I did a reference. You did. A, you did a reference. Everything's awesome. Um, right. So, um, but this one, I think they're gonna do like to try to do something new, but hopefully. They'll like link back to the first one, you know, like make it, you know, um, balance. I don't know if, uh, you know, with sequels, it's kind of a bit hard because it's all about having with the characters, it's all about having like the story arc, not to try to ruin that story arc from the first one, but, you know, try to do something new with the sequel. So, yeah. Yes. So, I definitely I'm pretty think- interested to see this. But, you know, with yeah. the new trailer and everything, with the animation style, 
Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. I, ha- I mean, I have faith that it's going to look great. I have faith that the music's going to be great, that the acting's going to be great. I just, I agree with you. I, I want them to, you know, if, they, if you're going to expand on the character arcs, there is space to do that because obviously Miles doesn't end as the perfect Spider-Man. You know, he's still got loads of learning to do. You know, the mm-hmm. ending with Peter B. Parker, he only just kind of reconnects with MJ and, and, and Gwen only just starts to kind of open herself up. So there's still room to, to kind of work with these characters. And, you know, Lord and Miller, you know, their writing is always really on point. You know, even like you think like the Lego Movie 2 or um, 22 Jump Street, which is a couple of their sequels, they do kind of work and build off the original uh, in in interesting ways. So I just hope that they ha- that they retain, you know, the a kind of quality whilst making like a good kind of Spider-Man story and a, a worthy follow-up. Mm, yeah, so hopefully it doesn't, you know, ruin a lot of things, especially, hopefully. you know, that Spider-Man 3 film, you know, like they're going to bring back that arc, but oh well, but... Um, oh well yeah at least we'll still oh, have uh, that one spider at least we'll still have the other side of spider-man yeah so very and um, it's coming out 2022 right that's correct yeah so next year wow yes. that's next that's next year oh my brain no ah oh, i don't like that <laughs> it feels uh, like just yeah. yesterday that it was 2018 when it came out wow that's three years ago wow. john came out wow. three years ago um wow. yeah i'm very interested because you know like it takes time to do the animation yeah um I've heard, and it took oh, it them. Does. Wait, yeah, so it apparently it says it takes one week to do. Uh, what was it like? One scene? No, no, one, one scene. Like one frame, maybe. Well, okay, yeah, one frame. That's yeah, that's what they said. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know about I don't know about Spider Verse, but here's a fun fact about Star Wars: The Clone Wars. It <laughs> took them five years to to complete an episode on that show. What? So they were working on it from 2003 when the original Clone Wars came out all the way up to 2008 and then they aired episodes and even when they cancelled it they had so many episodes that were unfinished which is why they've been able to show so many of like the unfinished episodes. Oh. Okay. Um... Yeah. So the Bad Batch would have taken about because it's the same kind of animation style the Bad Batch would have taken a similar amount of time to to uh, be developed and, and, and made. Mm. Right. Okay. The more um... you know the more you know. The more you know, wow. So hopefully uh won't be like any um tension in the studio with like doing the animation. So hopefully yeah. not. Well it's fairly cheap, you know, and the last one grows quite a lot of money. Mm, um, yeah, like I remember Cinema Wins talking about like the animation. Like, yeah, the, it's the cheap. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the 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 dots. You know the dots. Yeah, the, the kind dots, of dots, yeah. yeah. That was very used. The dots, the dots. That was very used in old, old comic because it kind of like gave out a unique look style onto the pages. Um, I'm not too sure, but it's I don't know. It's 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 Jack Kirby, isn't it? Like who does did those like old mm. style? I I don't know those yes. dots. I don't know. So yeah, mm, I know what you mean. Um. Right, so our next piece of news is actually it does contain some spoilers for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So if you haven't well, go, gone and watched it, you know, please get out, please. get please. out, leave. Listen, go. we got some very, very important news here, but you don't want to get spoiled. So please get out. Well, I mean, to be fair, Okay, I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to change it so, um, so the screen doesn't show any spoilers. Okay, I'll make sure. But 
Deadline is reporting that Marvel Studios is going ahead with making a fourth Captain America film. Right. With yeah. Sam Wilson's Captain America, mm. written by Malcolm Spellman, the showrunner of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. No word on whether Sebastian Stan will be in it, no word on whether um, Chris Evans will be in it, Emily Van Camp, any of the kind of people who are kind of integral to that story or any of the, you know, Wyatt Russell, any of the people who were kind of left off from Falcon and Winter Soldier. So it seems that instead of doing a Falcon and the Winter Soldier 2, uh, or season two, or, or or Captain America and the Winter Soldier, Captain America and the White Wolf, whatever they would call it, they are instead going to make a Captain America a fourth film for the for the um, for the kind of the mantle. What do you think about that? This, wow. Um, so I I have faith because after watching this season uh, with the the showrunner writer, um, I have faith that he can do Captain America for. Um, but it's going to be hard because it's going to be a movie and it takes time or like with season, but with TV shows, you know, like you can have that characterization, you know, like you understand the characters a lot more and they did that very well in, in the, um, in the TV show. So I'm very, very looking forward to seeing this. Um, and it's going to be brand new and, uh, and I'm glad that Marvel, you know, is doing um a, a, like another Captain America movie, but it's Sam Wilson that's Captain America, so I'm very very glad to see that. So yeah, yeah, that sounds great. As you said, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is about you know six hours long, but with a film, you're looking at two to three hours. You know, that's like you know at the at the most, you know, let's say that they go mm. three hours at the most. Yeah, at the most, you're looking at half the time of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So you've definitely got to you know be a little bit more concise with what you're doing take out a lot of character yeah. characters and, and plot threads and kind of just like the bare bones. I guess you could tell probably like, you know, maybe one of the plot lines from Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, in a film, yeah. maybe two. Um, yeah. So just like, as long as they kind of continue kind of telling, like, you know, expanding on the themes, developing the characters and, and, and doing it in such a way that doesn't make it all feel cluttered, you know? Yeah, yeah. Especially with like, Right, you have to go back to like the story of season one, and hopefully, like they will have the consequences of season one to to the film. So I'm very, very looking uh, lo- looking forward to seeing it. So yeah, um, we will be talking about that, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode six. So if you want to jump over there, we will. Please do literally yes. right now. Now, <laughs> what a what a what a time it's been! What a what a journey it's been! Wow! Last week we were we were very very excited, you know, but worried about if they're gonna, you know, drop ball, drop but, that ball. Uh, and first yeah. of all, I said it before, but spoilers, spoilers, get out! Let's get get get. What are you doing, Hig? Watch watch this. It's a good show. Watch the show. Hey, 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 what are you doing? Get some Disney Plus and watch the show, me. That was that was what an experience in my ears I just had. Um, so yes, and did they drop the ball? What did you think? Wow, um, I gotta say this is one of the best Marvel content I've seen. They didn't and drop John. They didn't. They didn't drop the ball. They didn't. They didn't, they didn't drop, drop the ball. ball. They didn't drop the ball. <laughs> I'm looking at you, One Division. Yeah, you One Division. You goddamn. Um, I mean, it's it's not their fault. COVID. COVID happened. <laughs> COVID. Um, yeah, they had to but, rewrite everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, like the ending and everything. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
Right. So this is how they should do. This it, it, is how you do it. <laughs> you know, I was watching that film the other day. What, Pitch Perfect 2? Yeah. Damn it. Is, is it still good? Does it hold up? <laughs> well, uh, um, there's some moments, but um, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's good. But, I mean, it, I forgot how a little bit cringy it was. But, yeah, yeah no, I, mean, I, might, but, I imagine. But the rap battle, not the rap battle. The, the riff-off. The riff-off, yeah. yeah. Uh, especially me and Tom <laughs> did those. Uh, and, and I still memorize the lyrics yeah, i still know it all we could yeah we could, guys um, wait, hun- goes like, hundredth hundredth oh. episode of the pod we're gonna we're gonna do the riff off just for like two hours straight yeah so how did, uh, sorry how did we get here we're talking about we're talking about falcon the winter soldier and now we're talking about pitch perfect the you riff-off. started it you started I'm, saying I'm so this sorry. is how you do it i'm 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 so sorry please continue right, so they didn't drop the ball this is how you do they it. didn't drop the ball which i'm very very glad so Yes, so let's get into it. So, first of all, I want to say this is a very, very, very good show. Mm. And and it's just the characters that just go on with this journey. And especially with the, with the last episode, I teared up because usually with Marvel, I don't really cry at stuff. Oh, but, but John, but, but he said, oh, he, he, he said, I am shut Iron up. Man. Okay. He okay. said, I am Listen. Iron Man, John. He said, I am Iron Man. It's like, it's like, it's like the first film. No, I'm kidding. I didn't cry. I didn't cry at Marvel either. Not really. Until, until yesterday, I guess. Yes. But I, I teared up because, you know, it, it's just about the characters. But now, like, okay, about what you're saying about Endgame, I was like, oh, really? I, I, I cried at this. Listen, back at 2019, I was a different person. You know, <laughs> I was... Uh, um, he, were. he was. He he loved he loved um, what do you call it? Uh, P- Professor Hulk, which is a very different to your opinions now. <laughs> Twenty nineteen, me. Why? <laughs> what a time! Why? You thought Endgame was better than Spider Verse, and I think that's a sin. God, did I? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this isn't, okay, this so... isn't about Endgame. Okay, sorry. So this one, this is how you do deal with characters mm. and i really love this um and it's so satisfying with the ending with uh Isaiah bradley you know like i teared up at that moment because you know it's just so satisfying to have him like that that uh, have um um uh, uh, that character to be in that museum and he, he said that he was forgotten and you know that was very very satisfying i was like oh wow this is pretty emotional i, I don't expect to tear up and i just teared up um yeah definitely i think that in the emotional climax of this episode really really brought like so many satisfying and really emotional things what i really enjoyed about that scene in the museum uh of, of apart from you know the amazing performance where Isaiah kind of breaks down and, and hugs sammy and that was wonderful but i really liked the fact that they're walking through this kind of hall with like loads of pictures of Steve Rogers and, and, of, and Isaiah, he gets this amazing statue, you know, this like gold statue and it's like, you know, it's really powerful, but I think it's really poignant that there isn't any pictures, you know, he doesn't have any pictures. He was forgotten by him. Yeah, the yeah. best you can do is kind of erect a statue. And I think again, you know, it links into themes of the day, you know, obviously last year with a load of black lives matter stuff, you know, 
statues were being torn down the wrong kind of statues and i think erecting the right kind of statue to honor isaiah bradley is a really good ending to his arc and i hope we don't see him again yeah the actor who they that's how you end um uh like a character's arc yes um, and i just really love that and you know like the use of characters in this tv show was very very uh, well done and yes. um yeah and there were some great moments in this one and and very un- unexpected ones as well <laughs> um so um so yeah it's just it might be my favorite mcu content to be honest like i mean it's up there it's up there um i don't know where to rank it though but it's just that good is I don't know. It's just that good, man. Um, yes. Well, I, I think I think it's interesting about Isaiah Bradley. The person they cast um, to to play him, they they actually aged him up uh, a little bit. Um, so I think. Yeah, I kind of um, noticed that as well. Yeah. Yes. So so I think what what is a you know they could obviously go back and and have some kind of flashbacks with him in Captain America four or whatever they kind of wanted to do. But I hope that they don't. I you know I really think that you know this character's the the interesting thing about this character's story is that it wasn't told and that you kind of get it retroactively and and that's why it's so powerful and that's why those scenes were some of the standout parts of the show also you know and i feel like you know sharing that would kind of negate that kind of um the power that we got yeah and you know um i want to go back to the statue like seeing Mm -hmm. that gold statue you know like um you you wouldn't it with normally with statues it doesn't have gold mm. but seeing that one you know like that kind of like represents i say like he's he's very he's a very strong character Um, you can see that in the show like he uh he has this uh super soldier serum yeah. and you know like he's a very very strong character but with like a lot of statues you don't really see that um in the mcu but this one this is a very important one so i really like that detail you know, like gold is very very um you know very hard to break and yeah and i think uh, it's wonderful as well because in winter soldier you see the you know you see that the cats america museum is very popular loads of kids go there you know like they have loads of fun steve went there you know you kind of see that he's had this huge impact another fact that you know it's no longer silencing isaiah's story is mm. you know it's it's just perfect. It really is perfect, yeah. and it was such yeah, a good and, you know, way to kind of end the emotional kind of like journey of Isaiah, and then transition into like the the happy parts of like you know the kind of like family barbecue they all have, you know, where yeah. like you know yeah. mm. there is this kind and of family just, kind of unit. Yeah, and it's just pretty emotional, like with with the characters and yeah, wow, it's just uh, what a journey um, in this in this TV show, and I'm glad they didn't do. Anything too ridiculous? Well, it was all Agatha along. You oh, want no. you you yeah, that 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 Agatha was pretty bad. However, I have to say, I do have to say. Oh no! There I was one thing up. that I did not oh, like no. in this oh, episode. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! No no! Okay. Do, yeah. do you know what's I kinda, coming? I, I do you know what's coming? This. I agree. What's he saying? <sighs> the power broker leader oh, turns out to God. be Sharon Carter. Now, if you've listened to our other reviews, you can find them in 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 a, in, a, in the playlist uh, in the cards at the end. Um, you will know that I've you know we've always kind of said 
the show doesn't know what to do with Sharon Carter. It has struggled with Sharon Carter. Yeah. Like they 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 introduced her in episode three. Uh, they made it in. They they, they posed some interesting questions about you know her being left behind and the state of of the audience as well as the nature of the universe. Um, and that was all very interesting stuff. Um, but then after that, she was just kind of there as a little informant. And and I and I said, well, I hope she's not the power broker. And now she and, and she was. She really was. Uh, they did to that as well. Like it was so. It, it was it was there. Tom, you know, like he, she was fading up. But what? But you know, I, I, I don't know. But it, but but. That was the only bad thing about the show. Now I can remember. So I don't remember anything that bad, but that that is the only bad thing I can complain about. Yeah. In the TV I, show. Well, it was it was set up, right? What they're doing here is they are setting her up for the future. I think they could have done this well. If Sasharan was a bigger part of the show, if there was if if we if we if we started to like her, if we started to understand her more, it could have been done a lot better. If we truly understood this kind of betrayal and if cuz I feel like she she became she did it she did an Agatha. She became like, you know, she was revealed to be the power broker and then snap, she's a totally different character. She's all like mustache twirling and and this kind of conventional villain. I think instead <laughs> Yeah, exactly. She's like, it was me all along. Ooh, we we could have been amazing. We could have had this amazing like partnership. And now I'm going to kill you. You know, in the in the mid credit scene, she's like, ooh, it's time to give time to get a bigger thing in America. Um, it it could be it could have just been Sharon Carter who's been broken by the government. You know, the same character, mm-hmm. but she's kind of just had enough. You know, instead of yeah. completely changing her personality, you know, mm-hmm. it. It's like it's like um it's like Secretary Pierce in 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 Winter Soldier. He doesn't change his personality. He's still the same guy. He's just extremely radicalized, and now he's a Nazi. You know, I, I oh, feel yeah. I yeah. feel like that just it could have been done well. You know, I like the idea that she kills Carly. You know, I like the I like I like so many of the ideas. Yeah, I think the execution one was was off for it for me. Yeah. Oh, and I wonder um ah. Oh. Like the opening, um, uh, the opening minutes for for the um, for the episode mm. when Sam, um, oh, ooh, yeah, oh that's coming, okay. uh, on, uh, like I, I, my jaw actually dropped because it just looked that amazing. I like I yelled, and I don't normally do that. I was like, "Yes, this is awesome!" Yeah, I was like, "Yo, this is amazing!" So. This this is just a very satisfying thing to see. Like he's wearing the suit and like having that vibranium um wings. Yeah. And like it's so comic accurate. It like, really is. And um, um, I read um what well, had these issues and I was collecting them for the Mighty Thor. Um that yeah. was a few years ago. And they had the story for um Sam Wilson to be Captain America. And I was like, whoa, really? So I read that and I was like, yeah, this is great. So I'm very, I was so satisfied to see that. So mm. um, the but- moment that he entered the episode, obviously you got Bucky and Sharon on the ground. And I remember seeing him fly and I was like, okay, so he's still got the wings. Good. But I was Good. like, 
they're showing him from far away. This is going to be some sort of reveal. And I, I literally have it screen recorded on my phone because it was so satisfying. The shield comes in and then he oh. and then he he smashes through the window. He comes up. The helicopter light is, is shining on him. You know, um, Louisiana hero blares in, in a triumphant way. I mean, the score still slaps so hard. Oh, and, and he's man. wearing that beautiful, as you said, it's so comic book accurate. The colours are spot on, you know. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't shy away from it at all. It looks amazing amazing and yeah so satisfied yeah and oh what a sight Bradley said about like um people don't want to see a black Captain America and uh when Sam Wilson says I know everyone's gonna hate me going for this but yeah um uh it's gonna show wait did he say it's gonna show his struggles no not struggles no, no. yeah he, I mean I think that kind of you know like there was the moment in his speech where the where the, the senator was like, you don't understand. And he's like, listen, I'm a, I'm a black man in society. You know, I'm, 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 I'm literally Captain America right now. You don't think I get it. Like I'm going to face so much kind of, um, you know, uh, backlash for wearing this outfit, wielding this shield and having the, the color of my skin. And it's interesting. That is exactly what's happened in the real world as well. Yeah, like, especially. Yeah. You see on yeah. Twitter, people are angry because Captain America is is falcon because he's black because he's not you know it's not bucky it, yeah. it, it's 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 i mean i would say it's surprising but i mean sometimes i'm not that surprised by that kind of stuff mm. it but i think what what's what's so amazing about it is is the fact that you know you see that people respect you know the end he has so much respect from like all the people who, who knows him you have the person is a little bit cheesy but you know the guy who was like hey it's black falcon is like no that's captain america you know like there were loads yeah, that's of kind like, of cheesy really like yeah. yeah there yeah. were the really you know kind of like raimi spider-man like mm-hmm. uplifting like oh. classic kind of moments oh. that really oh. did kind of cement Sam as Captain America, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's just... And this is, like, at the start of the season, we were like, eh, we're not too sure Sam Wilson's going to be Captain America because I don't know if he's going to take the mantle. You know, like, I think that's yes. what we're going to do. But then it just completely changed our minds. And it's just that good. And, uh, like, seeing Sam Wilson as Captain America and, and uh, he owns as it. I said about, like, he the opening minutes, like, he's just flew in, did the shit. Man! Ah, he really, right, he really, just... he really, really did did it. Um, great. Yeah, and so I love the speech. I love the mm, speech the, at the end. The speech was um, like so tear jerking. Uh, like it was, it was incredible. Yeah, I kind of teared up as well. I I can't remember, but I was just so invested. Yeah, I I, I thought Carly and the Flag Smashers weren't always the the strongest of villains, mm, but yeah, they had a very kind of killmonger. Impact. Yeah, they had they had the same kind of uh, impact that Killmonger had on T'Challa in Black Panther. It was very much that similar kind of you know. Mm-hmm. Sam understands they're not terrorists. You know they are. You know they are in their situation because of the government, and you know, and 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 the government needs to do better because of that. And I think you know it's it's, it's a really important message just in general. Yeah, it's like, and it's just it's like the designer says like, oh, do you think that's fair if we help them? And Sam says, yes, that's completely mm. fair. You know, for the first time, you understand what it is being like to be people like us because you, for the first time ever, were completely helpless. You know, no amount of money, no amount of like privilege can save you from the snap. And I think that's what WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier have done so well is they make the snap real. They show the consequences mm. they have shown, you know, 
the impact of Endgame in the way that Endgame never really did. And and I think it's I think it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And um and that speech like kind of, you know, hit hard because you know like with COVID and everything, you mm. know, with everything with, with the government's doing. And I, I would you know like I wish that speech, you know, like was heard somewhere else, you know, like in the government in and it's just so exciting to hear that. Yeah, so. I wish I wish real life politicians had those moral compasses. Yeah, I mean, in real life, like Sam would stop his speech, and then then, then the politicians would go, "Lol, okay, continue <laughs> on with the thing." Like they wouldn't like they wouldn't really care, you know. Yeah, and then someone just dabs in the parliament. Did you see that video of someone like dabbing in? in I don't. In I parliament? don't want to see that video. I haven't. No. <laughs> that it's you know just, what? It's I've just, got. A, it's just a politician like saying something like he just drops the mic and he just taps you know what i have a politics exam on tuesday i'm just gonna write politician dabs and then i'll just get old marks a star a a a that's how you do it that's how you definitely do it, um, um i also felt this episode had a really good ending for bucky you see him apply what oh, you learned yeah, in, in, in in the course of the season you know last episode sam told him you know you you don't you know you're looking to event you know looking for for to avenge yourself you've got to avenge other people you know you've got to like help other people find their closure and he does that for the old man from the beginning of the season in an absolutely beautiful scene where he kind of like tells him that he was one who killed his son and he sees him that he's going to be okay and that makes him feel better he he takes the book back to his therapist he even saves people for most of the time in the yeah, um man. in the fight scene what i appreciate in the fight you know in general is that it was all about saving people you got to save people in the helicopters in the trucks you know bucky isn't fighting the flag smashers he's trying to get the lock off the door to like help people who are like going to burn to death it's i think that i think it's really good at you know that kind of learning you know mm-hmm. bucky's no longer an assassin he, he he's a hero i i, yeah. I think even with John Walker as well, they they oh, did yeah, John redeem. Walker. I want to talk about that. Yeah, they did redeem John Walker. He he kind of realized he kind of snapped out of his rage and kind of realized you know what he yeah. can do. I don't think it was amazingly executed, but I think the idea that he realizes that he can be a hero, he can be the Captain America that he believes he is. You know yeah. what Lamar thought he was, what Lamar, Lamar believed he could be. You know, maybe a couple more scenes would have cemented that even better. I would have really enjoyed that. But he he saved people. He did, and it was. It was wonderful. I really did yeah. this arc. Yeah, I, like what Lamar said about like you, as says John, like you make decisions in the heat about his mm-hmm. belt, and mm-hmm. he did. He did. Yes, he, he did. Those people, That's and he really didn't want point. to be. He didn't want to be Captain America, but he wanted to be a hero. So yeah, he came in wanting to revenge. You know, wanting to um, avenge Lamar. He wanted revenge uh, on 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 Carly, and and he was like, you know, like this isn't over. You know, like he's like he's like, well, let's finish this now. And then he realizes that there are more important things. Um, and I think it's really good. Obviously, he didn't succeed, but he tried, and I think that's important. And I loved that. You know, Falcon was the one, or or should I say, Captain America was the one who swooped oh, in man. and and lifted them up. I thought that was amazing. Um, yeah, I do think though. The scene with Madame Hydra at the end. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was unfortunately not that good for me. You know, yeah. obviously they gave him the US agent suit. They they called him US agent. It was a big thing, but they didn't, you know, they kind of negated his arc. You know, he's redeemed himself, but now he just goes straight back to doing what he was doing before. Um, yeah. I thought, you know, it just in, in the show in general, I think. Sharon Carter and and um, Madam Hydra were the weakest parts. I think if you took them out in general, you would have a lot of a, a more tighter, you know, show. Mm, yeah, a more action-packed but more emotional storyline. 
Yeah, um, I mean, you could, you mean, you know, without Sharon Carter, you know, I think my least favorite episode is probably episode three. I think you'd have a lot, you, you could get rid of, of a lot of the kind of plodding on that episode, a lot of the kind of jumping around to Madripoor and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and there were very good moments. Um, like seeing, like, Sam, oh, uh, Captain America's um, new, um, what was it? Um, mm? ho- not, no, the Hawk. No, no, what was it? Red Wing. Uh, yeah, Red Wing. He has two yeah, different no, ones now. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he isn't ditching the kind of Falcon personality identity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, he that, is yeah. Captain America, but he still has the wings. You know, he's, he's not just Black Captain America. He still has everything that made him a unique hero in the first place. But now he's got a kick-ass, an even more kick-ass suit, and mm, an amazing yeah. shield. Yeah, and overall, this show is. Very, very good. I dro- I, I'm very, very glad they didn't drop the ball. There were so many great moments. And actually, I would like to watch the show again. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, this it's sounds... TV worthy. It's TV-worthy to watch it, the it show is, again. It is, definitely. It, it, it stands alongside Iron Man, Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Winter Soldier, and Infinity War, and Civil War as the best of the MCU. You know, it, it. You know, like, I, I, I think you know, it, it, it was everything that I wanted it to be and more. It was everything I wanted Wonder Vision to be. You know, and this kind of in-depth character study, and I really, really loved it. Um, yeah. What would you give it? You know, in the end, at the end of the day, what are you giving out of ten? Do you think? Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Cool. Uh, I'll go for an eight out of ten. Mm, right. Okay. Brilliant. Um, um, it, yeah. Go on, yeah. So. Please. Oh, I have one last thing, actually. Oh, okay. Obviously, the end of the episode ends with the title Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I thought that was amazing, but yeah. should have been White Wolf. Should have should have been should have been White Wolf. Yeah, um, I, think that'd I, be, I think that's a lot better because, you know, Winter Soldier did a lot of yeah. things. But it, it, yeah. tell, it tells me that there's still more to be told of the Winter Soldier story. Bucky hasn't completely healed yet, which I think is fine. But I think for the context of the show, it should have ended with Captain America and the White Wolf. That would have been so satisfying. Yeah. Um, and but and another cool, so, sorry, and another cool detail yeah, um, with the subtitles. So throughout the thing, it says Captain America, like when. Uh, Sam is speaking, oh brilliant so. that's that's very satisfying definitely yeah that's very satisfying as well yeah yeah wonderful so yeah um that was amazing um and that con- that that actually that concludes our talk about Falcon Winter Soldier for the year um uh, and yeah I, so I, we were- I, go on yeah I, I I actually miss talking about the show but um yeah we we, it, we will miss it indeed but we we've got um Bad Batch <laughs> starting in a couple of weeks so that mm-hmm. we've got that to talk about almost immediately so you know stay tuned for that and on with the uh, main segment i guess Our main segment i'm quite excited to talk about this yeah yes yeah. definitely we are talking about our best film scores now we have obviously done uh, various rankings in the past so what we're going to do is a similar kind of thing we're each going to go um you know we're going to take it in turns and we're going to talk about our top five film scores so this is um uh, you know the 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 score of the film um not just Wait, soundtracks one... as well yeah soundtracks as well it's not just kind of one aspect we're talking scores soundtracks you know you use songs if it's a musical um so yes i will uh i will i will give you the floor 
and I will let you talk about um yeah whichever one whichever your fifth your your number five on your list. Right. Okay. So at number five, uh, surprisingly, I have Interstellar. Oh. Okay. Nice. nice. Yeah. So this um so so Interstellar um I listened to it um like a couple of years ago or was it one year ago and I was just transported like um like with Hans Zimmer's um amazing pieces uh like especially the song um what was the song I have to go back to Hans Zimmer on Spotify not Spotify I mean you uh, can't you can't you can't go wrong with Hans Zimmer can you yeah, I just can't really go can't. wrong. Um, I was about to have Inception in the list, but then I was like, "But oh, well, there's really good scores as well." Mm. Um, but I, I, it, I just don't know how to rank it. It's just that good. Um, so um, with the mountains, so the song "Mountains." Yeah, that's a, a very an, uh, uh, another cool detail is that once you hear a tick, there's a tick in the in the song, right? And that tick represents each day passing by. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, no, I think I heard that. That's very smart. Yeah, and uh, and it's just like this emotional um, soundtrack. You're going with um, with Ma- uh, Matthew McConaughey um, with character, and it's just wow. Um, like the songs stay. Ah. Uh, uh, that's that's quite emotional as well. Like, um, his daughter didn't want to, to leave, and yeah. uh, yeah, it's just like wow. And then, oh, uh, what was it? Day one original demo, yeah. Oh, and then the song "Do Not Go Gentle in, Into That Good Night." Ooh, ooh, yeah. Wait, Casey Affleck sang that? Did he? Yeah, oh, I did not know that. He sang. Yeah, he he's plays. Uh, he plays his older his uh, his son when he's old. Right? I don't know if he sang it, if he sang it or not. I don't know. It's just that's his name there. Yeah, yeah I think um, there are loads of one of my favorites is "Where We're Going," which is the end theme. Um, absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. I listen to that when I'm going running, actually, and it really it really has this kind of like um, this ongoing kind of exploration thing of kind of like you know we are kind of going we we're, we're being transported to this kind of humanity will continue and i think that's, yeah that's and it's just um yeah it's just that emotional impact for me mm. because it's just it's a very different space movie because it's just about time and about saving humanity into its uh, last moments yeah and yes. uh, and it's yeah i i need to watch the film again because um it's that good actually um but it's not the best christopher nolan but i just want to watch it again because it's just uh because i every time i listen to soundtrack i'm like i need to watch the film it is a really Um, cinematic film i'd love to watch it at the cinema i think a lot of the reason why it's so cinematic obviously the visuals but the score really does kind of play into that a lot yeah and and it just works really well so yeah so that's my number five at the list of Insta. I wish there was so much more to say because it, it I can't really describe the music as much because it, I just have to watch like, Interstellar, listen to the soundtrack. You'll understand what he's meaning. It's yeah. it's, it, 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 it's it, just it, that it, emotional. It's just that emotional, like with the 
the with the uh, violin in state, yeah, with the violins in state, and like ah, uh, it's just like it's so cinematic, and you have this how you, you can you can see the journey inside your head. You just go wow, and uh, and it's just the music just speaks to you. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. That's my description right there. The music speaks for you. The music for me speaks. And Stella. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What's your number five? Well, my number five. I've kind of cheated. I've kind of cheated. It's not really. Oh, fair you to, cheated. <laughs> it's not really fair to judge my number five on its own, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I've chosen the the score for Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Ooh. Now, immediately, the reason why I've cheated is because you know this score only works as well as it does because it's a trilogy. You know, this brings so many different motifs and light motifs together from the other films you know you've got this is obviously this climax of this kind of huge narrative and it you know it takes so many like ideas you know like the themes mm. you know or if from the from the music and the, and the scores it, it doesn't it doesn't end game you know it really like so for example i guess the best way i can describe it is an example you get the kind of theme of the Rohirrim in in the um, in the other films. It's a you know it's 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 violin. It, it's 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 very kind of um, you know like slow. It, it's simple. It kind of represents the kind of simple way of life, and you know it, it it does really well to present you know them as this kind of like peaceful people who are being kind of thrust into this war, and then you know throughout um, you, you get it in various different kind of. Um, keys and, and it becomes like like more orchestral in two towers but then you have the amazing like one of my favorite scenes in cinema in return of the king when oh. the rohirrim arrive on pelinor fields right mm. and you get like the kind of the slow build-up and then oh. it and then it begins to sweep more and theoden starts to do his speech you know, he starts to talk, you know, he, he, start, he starts to talk about, about how they're going to ride and how they're going to ride for death. And they all chant and, and and the music swells to this incredible crescendo as the camera pans and shows all of the horses, like it's like 6,000 horses. Like, it's, an, it's insane. <laughs> and, 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 and then you get like, they start to ride and, and, you know, Theoden saying ride now, like, you know, like for death, for, for ride and ruin the world ending and the music swells to this a moment and, and you get this theme that was once presented something so like innocent and, and, and so like, you know, like quaint to something that has become this force that's going to change the nature of the battle. It's incredible. And then like, similarly, you get Aragorn's Black Gate speech, which takes the Fellowship of the Ring theme. It takes all that they have been working towards and it, and it, and it recontextualizes it in this epic way where he tells, you know, I bid you stand men of the, of the West. And, 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 and you get this kind of amazing crescendo. But it also mm. delivers on the small moments, you know, on the slopes of Mount Doom, you get Frodo and Sam, Sam reminding Frodo of the shower, of the shower. He doesn't, I mean, they haven't had a shower, shower. in years of the shower. shire of the shire um and you get like the simple shire music you know the like the oh, flute the and, shire and, music and, and and you get that wonderful um you know little like mo- light motif in, in in the middle of this kind of devastating landscape you know mm. do you remember the shire and you just get this really like sweet music you know the whole kind of thing you know, oh, yeah, it know, yeah, it yeah, knows yeah, yeah. when to when to kind of do those small moments and then build it up with these mm. incredible moments. I think you know, 
the reason why it works so well is that it, it makes everything so incredibly metal. Like, there's a reason why this was, you know, so popular, this film in general. This score might have even won best score at the Oscars. I'm not quite sure, but it, it you know. Oh, right. It, it, just, okay. it just knows how to bring the emotions in a really, really climactic way. And I, I think it I think it does it wonderfully. It really does. Um, and obviously there is uh, Into the West, um, which kind of scores the ending of the film. Um, mm. and, 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 you know, the idea of, you know, what can you see on the horizon, this idea of like leaving all the characters behind and kind of going forward, you know, it permeates the narrative and like the experience of watching the three films. Cause like, especially if you're watching the extended edition, like I do, Jesus Christ, Lord of the Rings is a bloody marathon. You know, you're, you're in there for like 12 hours watching these characters, maybe even longer than that. And, 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 you know, you really feel it when it, it all ends. I think the music really brings it all together in such a, in incredible way and yeah howard yeah, shaw is a yeah. god he, he's wonderful at the yeah howard shaw and i want to talk about another song too well tom is talking about um so in the first one mm-hmm. uh the hobbit no not the hobbit uh lord of the rings the fellowship yes. of the wing um there's a song that i you just get lost into and it's called the council l1 yeah yeah and it's um i think it's one of the singers in Enya. I don't know, um, mm. and you when you can hear that angelic voice mm. coming into like with the violin, and it's just like wow, you just get lost, and you just your mind just wanders, and it and it kind of has that um, that crescendo at the end, and then it's just have that that majestic feeling. I don't know. It's just yeah. that majestic. I mean, yeah, Lord yeah, of the yeah, Rings yeah. delivers that so well. You know, the end of every film, you have like it, they're in kind of like original song and it all works like, like a treat. It's wonderful. Yeah. I, I, it, it's great. So um, it's true. Yeah, it really is. So uh, yeah. What's your number four? So my number four, this might sound surprising to be you, Tom. My number four is Drive. Oh, I knew it. I knew and I, I knew it. I knew it was going to be there somewhere. Scandal number yeah, four. So you Drive. Me? And so, this is one of my favorite films of all time, Drive, uh, starring Ryan Gosling, my favorite actor. The God. And who is literally God. on screen right now. Oh, you can see him just swooping by, just <laughs> the screen, like smiling. <laughs> you know that name, what, uh, name, uh, what? Graham Norton show. Like, um, wait, what was it? Oh, yeah. He, Wasn't he dancing? Yeah, he was dancing and he pulls out the bird, like yeah, man. swinging by. I love it. I yeah, love I thought it would be funny. Um, so the with this film, with the score, it it's just um, what's the right word? Um, cool. This score is cool, um, and it's just like you're transported into LA, and the song, uh, the, the song opening is is um. Very different why I listen to a lot of the music today. So let me just get the soundtrack name. I should know it's it's Nightfall. The song is Nightfall. The, and... the song is the Batman graphic novel Nightfall. Oh no, Nightfall. Oh no, where's where's Bickner? <laughs> um so yeah, and it, it it works really well with like the personality of, of the driver and it, he's driving through LA, it's dark. And you just want to like, wow, I just want to do that and just drive around in LA with this music. And it's just like a night drive thing. And um, and with it just captivates like 
the feeling of LA, like the horror, but also like it's dark, like it's darkness, but like it has this punk music vibe, like you wouldn't expect, but it's, it's LA. Um, and this, the song at the end, um, oh, no, at the opening, it's one of the, um, what was the band name? Chromatics. So Chromatics is, um, you can hear that little beat thing, that, that TikTok thing at the beginning of the film, like, I get you. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it just like raises the tension. Uh, it, it's just like, oh, what's it going to do? It's just like, he's like driving around helping these uh, people just uh, to steal a warehouse, I think. Yeah. And it's just like the sound of the clock. Yeah, I think that's it. The tick of the clock. Yeah, it's tick of the clock. And it, it just kind of raises. And then it's just like, what's he going to do? And it's so, so intense. And they finish it with like um, going in, uh, the, the driver going into the in this, into this uh, car park. And it just, it starts with Nightfall. And you go, wow, that is this the film going to start with? Wow, that's... <laughs> That's a very, uh, very good um, opening to the film, and it, it, it the music just like is like a a witch track. Like you're going around, and you understand the character of the driver alongside the music, and you feel like, oh, okay, okay, you understand what the, the film's gonna be like. And I love, 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 love that song. Uh, a real hero, and oh, that's a good song. Ah, oh, man, the ending like you can hear it um, at the end of the film, and it raises a lot of questions about like the driver, and you, and it really impacts the whole film. Like you don't know who the driver is, but it's just like kind of emotional. Like um, that's a real hero, and he's trying to save. Um, Carrie Mulligan's character. Um, I'm hoping that's in the right way. Um, and he, he, he's trying to save someone. Uh, and that's a real hero. And what else? Oh, and there was so many um, really good cinematography in the film that really goes alongside, uh, alongside the score. Um, what was the name? Oh, what was it? it? It was a woman scene. Uh, and uh, Ryan Gosling, oh, the driver. A woman? Oh, was a woman? Sorry, yes, a woman. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait. So the song is called uh, Oh My Love. And it's by Riz Ortolani and Katina Ranieri. Sorry if I spelled that wrong. I said that wrong. And, and it's just like so captivating, like with the cinematography, because it's just like, wow. Um, like when the driver's looking out to the um, Rob Perman's character, Perman's character in into the diner mm. or the, uh, into the restaurant, and you're thinking, right? Well, if you take the music away, it wouldn't be impactful. But once you add the music, you go, right? Okay, um, it, it, it's quite impactful with with the music, um, and it just makes you understand uh, with the with the uh, with the characters as well, um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and it's just quite mysterious, you know. 
with this with the soundtrack. So it adds to the um, you know tension and and it has great great moments. So yeah, I just love the piece of music. So and I have the vinyl oh. uh, to, to to drive, and it's pink the vinyl. Oh, interesting. Yeah, pink. yeah, yeah. So ew. Nothing doesn't doesn't matter doesn't. Right, you sound a bit you sound a bit far away, mate. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh no no, you, yeah, that's fine. I thought you were getting bored of my long talking about drive. Drive. He's, he's been uh, talking about drive for so long. You know, and... No no no, it's all good. It's okay, all good. um, yeah, the, it's a really good score, and and um, like if you're going to go out for a late night drive, play this music. It's great. Um. And it's just like having that personality of the driver. Um, yeah, so that's my thing for drive. What's yours, Tom? What's your Whoa, number four? My number four, you actually mentioned it already, is Inception. Now, Inception. I, I, I got to agree that Interstellar is a wonderful soundtrack. But for me, I think Inception is Hans Zimmer's magnum opus. Now, obviously, yeah, I, everyone... I, I have to agree. I, I was a bit struggling mm. with like Inception and Interstellar. I was like, but that's a good one. So I want to say, I want to kind of treat as well, like with, with uh, Interstellar and Inception, like they're, they're both one good ones. So that'll be my fifth. So Inception and Interstellar. Mm. So um, yeah, go on. So into, in, oh, not Interstellar. What well, my brain is just unfortunately broken. Inception, Tom. Inception. Inception. Well, obviously everyone knows this film for time, you know, the theme at the end of the film. And I think what a lot of people don't really realize is, the reason why this film is such an, an impactful ending, you know, the reason why the music is so, you know, resonates so much with so many people is because, you know, every time you hear, you know, Dom talk about his family, every time you hear like, you know, the kind of like the, this, the, you know, the kind of conversations that lead to the end of his arc, you get that like motif, you know, you get the, you get the time like motif kind of recurring throughout the film. And I think that's really clever. Um, uh, you know, that kind of stuff that, that, that bring, you know, the repetition that brings, you know, everything to an ending to, you know, such a, an emotional like climax is really important for the film. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, I think that one of the best things that that does is, you know, obviously the forefront of the film are these pieces that, you know, are really like fast paced and like, you know, like are like really cl- cleverly done. Like they play with time and like the sequencing of each dream, like the ending with the crescendo of all the different dreams kind of working at the same time is insanely clever with the, um, with the music kind of going on, on like alongside it. They have different scores for the different places they're in. Like when they're in Mombasa, they have different scores for there. And like each layer of the dream is kind of like have like the technical kind of like aspects of it. But the silent moments are really so impactful. There's a song called Old Song, Old Old Songs, Old Souls, which, you know, is another silent moment. And, and, and the amount of, like, you know, exposition given in this film, it's a very expositional film, talking about, like, the nature of dreams and all that. And I think, you know, the fact that, that the score manages to build these emotional motifs, especially with time, while doing um, its own kind of, thing is very uh you know is very important and building that up is is yeah just one of the reasons why it's like really good um yeah that's what i have to say not quite as much talk about as you had for drive but yeah i think yeah drive was a, you know like a bit more 
cinematic and a yeah. bit more exciting to hear. Definitely. Um, yeah, Inception. I, Inception is a very, very interesting film, and it's one of the best films of all time. And mm, it's it's unique storytelling, um, and it's very, very confusing, but also it's, very it's, interesting. It's, it's thought provoking. Yeah, it's highbrow yeah, cinema, yeah. as Martin Scorsese yeah. would say. Cinema. Hmm. Yeah. And the so, ending. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Time. Oh, the music time. It's wonderful. Yeah. It just, yeah. It just disappoints. It speaks to you. Yeah. Mm. It, it, with Hans Zimmer's music, there's like no other. Like, no. It well, just speaks out to you. Well, with the, Howard Shaw. Uh, uh, the, 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 thing, the thing is, is that, you know, Hans Zimmer has done so many different things. And each film is like, has its own distinct kind of like feel and, and, and style. I, you know, the reason why I chose Inception was because, you know, the the you know the time theme the light motif that they use throughout the film is such a, mm, an impact yeah. on so many people myself included you know it's used for so many different reasons and ways and it's a really good thing to like relax you and make you kind of think but also i think you know the fact that that hans really cleverly builds everything you know he makes sure that time is a recurring light motif so that it can come back at the end with such kind of power um i think that's something really clever that you don't really notice until you've watched it however many i've watched it so many times that you know like you start to notice these really small things and you know listening to the soundtrack it's very it's just a lot cleverer than you give it credit for initially so yeah. yeah like if you're someone um, who loves time most people do you know yeah. definitely go back and kind of you know and, and yeah and another it, thing as well a lot. Oh, oh sorry okay. um, go on uh another thing as well on youtube um you know that you know like with youtube they would like put um like um, like a picture of Inception, and they would just play the song, you know, like mm-hmm. some channels, like with Hans Zimmer. Yeah. <laughs> the weird thing is, on Hans Hans Zimmer's channel, mm-hmm. like at times got 11 million views, but on somebody else's channel that came out 10 years ago, it's got 116 million views. Wow, that's insane! 10 years ago, and there's so many philosophical, <laughs> there's so many philosoph- uh, philosophical comments, like. <laughs> What if we don't meet each other? Uh, no. What, like, what well, does it all? What does it all mean? Oh yeah, I'll I'll get to the comments. Um, oh, <laughs> there's one comment saying, "I love how this comment section is not even close to being toxic." Um, <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer brings people together. Um, um wow, well, I, I, yeah. I did toy. I toyed with um, like you know, looking at Pirates of the Caribbean, and I think there are just so many of his pieces of music that you know people kind of don't realize are so enshrined in culture, you know, that he's kind of defined so many different, like, people's taste in music, <laughs> film music. Um, yeah. And another person just said, shout out to the old, uh, to all these 2am 2, 2 people thinking about life. Um, <laughs> I mean, my yeah. favourite time to think about life is 2am. So, um, 2 so, John, tell oh. me, what's your number three? Okay, this is, might sound surprising, but... Spider-Verse. Oh, well... I have Spider-Verse on my list too. So let's wait and then we'll talk about it together. Okay. Okay. So I'll, talk, I'll say my number three is La La Land. Now I know you have La La Land wait, on your what? list as well. Your number yeah. one's La La Land? What number, number, number three. Number three. Number three. My number, number three is La La Land. My number three is La La, La La Land. So, I know you have to talk about that. When's your, when, when is your La La Land? Um, it's the last. Okay. Right. So I'll pass over to you. What's your number two? Good, sir. <laughs> Arrival. Arrival. Very. This is one I haven't seen. So I'm very interested in that. Oh, right. Okay. 
Right. So this one, uh, Rival is directed by Dennis Villeneuve. I don't say his name. <sighs> Denny Villeneuve, I think. Who composed the, the, the score? So, I think, well, I might be wrong, but I, I thought it would be Ludwig. Uh, I don't think it ah, is. Ludwig, my guy. Was it not? No, okay. No, it's not him, I thought, but no. It's um, so this artist, Johan Johansson. Okay. Yeah, I, I, you just got Johan Johansson. It sounds like Scott Johansson, but no. And um, so this one, this is a very, very different soundtrack because it, um, where's the song? So the song uh, that was used in this film uh, is on the nature of daylight. And that was used at the end of the song and the beginning of the, uh, of the film. Uh, no, right. No, the song was used at the beginning at the, and the end and it works really well because I don't want to spoil it, but it really really works well with like with the characters and it just like gives out a very emotional impact because it's just mind blowing. And it, the film has a very good uh, plot twist. And uh, and the first song or the second song, um, interestingly, when I saw it at the cinema, I thought, um, right, have you seen the trailer for it? Yes. Right, so you see these weird shapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those shapes. Um, so there's a song called uh, Heptapod no, B. And that one, uh, uh, I thought it was making sounds of the ship. And I thought that's a very, very cool sound. And um, But no, it's just like, it, I don't know. It's just, it, I, I think it was just mimicking the sound of the, of the, uh, of the ship and it's just like giving me this weird weird feeling of like uh distress but also calm like peaceful it's just it's just weird uh it just works really well and at the end of this, uh, there's so many intense moments as well and and it's just like so mysterious it's just like how's the end how the film's gonna end it's just and it's just like um going like with Plot twists and and it, it, it kind of like questions our humanity and what we're gonna do. Um, well, I don't know. Are we gonna help? So, uh, and then my favorite is gotta be this song called Kangaroo, but this one's spelled different. Kangaroo. I'll spell it out for you. It's K A N G A R U. Oh, so it's a, it's not it's not it's not a kangaroo. It's Kang. It's Kang. Uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, and it and, and that also like um, makes you really think about like with the film and the film's choice of music really like it puts one song over here but then it goes over here and it goes like goes back to those moments and it's really 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 emotional and it's also impactful to to the film's storyline um, and there's so many um Oh, yeah, yeah, it has like a very this crescendo, and it's just like whoa. And because the song Kangaroo was used uh, well, for the film's plot twist, and it's like wow, whoa, 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 what? And it's just like questions a lot of things about the film in a good way. And there's, yeah, there's 
there was intense moments as well. And yeah, can I say it's just that good? It's very, very good film. Um, and if you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. It's just, oh, oh, it's just a very, um, very deep, meaningful film. And it, it's so different to any film, any other films I've seen. Uh, it, so it, it is one that I've been wanting to get to for quite a while. Um, yeah. And I've got the film. Forever. Oh, cool. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's it for my arrival. Now, we're going to talk about the best two scores right here, right now. John, I haven't done my number two yet. Dude. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Dude. Sorry. sorry. Dude. I'm sorry. He doesn't, he doesn't love me. <laughs> Why? So, my number two is actually your name. Oh, so, your name. Yes. So I, I've spoken about this in the pod before and about how much like I absolutely was entranced by it when I when I saw it for the first time. And a lot of that is down to the music. So, it, it, you know, this is a score by the Radwimps, which are, you know, they are they're, they're artists in their own right. You know, they're not they're not they don't do a lot of, of, of film scores. So I thought immediately this it kind of brought this kind of new unique perspective it wasn't the perspective of someone you know people who've done scores a lot it it's a new kind of thing and there's a lot of piano in this right there's particularly the the because obviously this is a kind of a a romantic film there is the the motif of Mitsuo who's one of the the two um protagonists um and you have this kind of whole section of the film without her in you know where um Taki, the other character, has to kind of find her. And, and the way that it, it uses her motif as a way to create alignment with the character from both the audience and from Taki's perspective is so intelligent. It, it gives you, it aligns as, as this kind of journey kind of gets uh, and, and their connection kind of grows. You find that the, the, diff, the ways that the, the score uses her theme changes. You know, it becomes less kind of like lifting and, and kind of more um emotional there, there's definitely that kind of um element to it and i i think it's i think i think it's really successful in in in, in creating that like emotion you know it as i think most of the best kind of um you know as i said with with, with inception you know the best kind of scores are the ones that, that, that use the one light motif that they use like at the at the most crucial points to make you really feel something, I you know I I think of Monsters Inc. for example, that uses Boo's theme in the moments where Boo and Sully really connect. You know, it builds the alignment with Sully and the relationship between the two for the audience and the characters. And then at the end, when when Sully has to say goodbye to Boo and they use the theme, it hits so much more. And then it hits even more at the end of the end when he when he sees her again. It's like that, you know, they use all these different themes for different moments, for, you know, for the, the, the time bending sequences and for also for the different, you know, there's, there's, for the Tokyo, for the schools, for the, for the different characters. But it comes back to this one kind of lover's Mitsuo's motif that plays again and again in the most important points of, points of connection where the characters almost meet or where they don't meet or where they do meet. And then at the end, it comes back in this really impactful way, not to mention the fact that the, 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 the film is just beautiful. It's absolutely, absolutely stunning. And, and the art that, that accompanies it is 
it's out of this world and and the way that the it that the sequences are intertwined with music so you know there is there's also, there's also quite a lot of um like sound that the 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 rad wimps do the score but they also do soundtrack for it they do a lot of licensed music for it and and they use both to 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 really encapsulate the the era and and the the culture in very in very interesting ways and just ways that i appreciate it when you have such a simple theme you know you find this with the best of scores it's it's only a few notes but it it says so much you know it's like the man of steel theme we talked about this a lot when we did the snyder um trilogy the dc snyder trilogy we talked about you know the man of steel theme is two notes you know, at its core, it's two notes and using those two notes again and again, whether it be with the piano, whether it be as a more orchestral, it can be uplifting and it can be in, like, impactful in, in, a, in a positive way, but also be devastating and emotional in, in really, you know, deep ways that you kind of don't think about, you know, with a lot of other scores. And I think that is what your name encapsulates perfectly. And therefore, is that my number two? Wow. Right. So, yeah, I've been trying to watch um, your name. So, I think yeah, it's like, it, it, it was a Netflix when I watched it. So I definitely, uh, you know, for people in the UK, it's on our Netflix. Definitely watch it. You know, I've spoken about it before on the pod. It's wonderful. So shall we talk about our number ones and number threes? La La Land yes. and Spider-Verse. Yeah, let's get into it. Which one do you want to talk about more? Uh, Spider-Verse. Okay, so Spider-Verse is your number three, and it's my number one. Oh, so... right. And I have Spider-Verse on my number three, and I have La La Land on my number one. Yes, right. So, <laughs> Spider-Verse. Oh, boy. Ah. Talk to me. Talk to me. Tell me about what you think. So, the score for Spider-Verse. Now, that is a very, very fun soundtrack to listen to. Mm. And, yeah. Wait. Are we talk- yeah, the of us yeah yeah and uh there's so many good artists uh on there uh i really like uh listen to um i'm just trying to get the spider verse where is it no there it is and uh like the song what's up danger um mm. it's absolutely it's wonderfully the, the way that the the way that the soundtrack you know all original music which is which is great to see on and all used really well narratively each song comes in to comment about something you know scared of the dark comes in um you know spoiler alert what leave if you haven't watched spider-verse but scared of the dark plays when when the world is reacting to spider-man's death because you know the world seems darker and people are now scared more than ever you know hyde comes in when miles turns visible and leaves the spider basement because he's scared and uh. he wants to hide it's everything is so perfectly done but it also comments on miles as a character mostly you know his cultural heritage you know like there's like there's references to like his puerto rican background and like his black heritage and i think all of that really you know encapsulates you know his character wonderfully um but then you've got the 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 score you know which i think they both complement each other really really well yeah wait am i okay. having a nosebleed are you having a nosebleed yeah what the heck oh are you okay yeah i'm i'm okay you yeah. have another nosebleed yeah. yes i swear you have a lot of nosebleeds um i hope i'm okay 
I hope you're okay. <laughs> this is the first of the oh. podcast. John gets a nosebleed. Maybe we're talking about film scores too intently that you're just like, your brain can't take it and you're just gushing blood. Uh, I'm not gushing a lot of blood. It's just slowly okay. coming out. <laughs> That's strange. Do you want to? Do you want to continue? Or um, do you wanna... No, we'll just keep going on, just in case. If I, he's a he's a trooper. Worse. He's a trooper. I don't know what happened. No, it's not hurting. It's not hurting. All right. Well, he's a he's a brave man. He's a you're a brave you're a brave soldier. Um. So yeah. So, uh, Spider Verse. Uh yeah. So. I really love the score in Spider-Verse. Um, and it just, you know, like, I, I love the song uh, Hide and Home. Home mm. is just, oh, like... Home, home is the end credits the uh, song, right? Yeah, like, with the song, Home just goes, um, uh, the guy, um, I think it's Vin Stables, or... Yes. Which, yeah, right. and it's quite emotional, like... Um, what was the lyrics? Uh, I just love like at uh, this moment. At uh, this morning, I woke up with distortion with my emotions, uh, and it's like wow, and it really, really um, makes you think about like this the film, like what Miles is going through, and and ah, uh, it's just it's just great, and it's just that it, it's quite inspirational as well, you know, like with the music and score, the score as well, and. The song uh, "Hide" um, is is quite sad as well, but you like you know understand about Miles's situation and yeah, definitely. I I think you know, I mean, if anyone has heard, you know, if anyone's watched, you know, Birds of Prey, Spider Verse, even Enola Holmes, Daniel Pemberton scores films like no other. He is insanely intelligent with how he does it one of the things that this obviously this film has loads of really great motifs there's you know there's 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 the the prowler motif each spider each spider person has a different kind of motif but what is the most intelligent thing that he does and this is kind of comes up to what you were saying about and what's up danger he he has a Spider-Man motif, you know, and, and, and it's, it's very simple. It's na, 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 and, then, and then you have a Miles motif that's more like na, 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 and it's, they're, they're both very simple. And each of them play, you know, the, the, the Miles motif plays in big moments in Miles' life, in impactful moments. And the Spider-Man motif plays, you know, in all the Spider-Man, like, kind of um, introductions in, 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 like, the time, first time when, Spider- when Spider-Man and Miles meet, but then in the What's Up Danger scene, not only does the scene, you know, showing that Miles is becoming this hero, that he is becoming Spider-Man. How do I know what you're Spider-Man, Spider-Man, you know? As well as the visuals being incredible, you know, the upside down shot is absolutely wonderful. As well as that, you have the incredible score taking the Miles theme and playing it with the Spider-Man theme, making them one, you know, making Miles Spider-Man as well as using What's Up Danger to demonstrate that he's finally letting go. And, you know, again, looking into his, you know, his cultural background and the fact that he's embracing all these elements, you know, he's embracing the fact that he he's a graffiti artist, you know, he's embracing that with his suit and 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 and, and he's embracing all the lessons that he's been told, taught from his teachers and his parents. And you get this incredible kind of crescendo with the themes working with the licensed music. And it's so clever and so stylish. And I don't know any other film that uses that so well. I mean, 
as you were saying with Drive and you see it in other like films, you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy as like a big kind of, all like films that use licensed music and soundtracks. And they use them really well, but I don't know any other film that uses licensed music and a score together so effectively. It's, it's, it's just incredible. It really is. It's fantastic. Yeah. And another, another detail is that with Miles' theme uh, and Prowler's theme, Prowler's theme is in reverse of Miles' theme. Is it? Whoa, I didn't know that. That's so cool. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Banging. Yeah. So you can hear that. You can hear like Miles' theme, but then Prowler's theme is in reverse of Miles' theme. Wow, that's 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 really clever. Yeah. So they really thought about that, like um, spoilers about having um, Miles, like the Prowler is Miles' uncle. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes yeah. you really. There, there, yeah. there are loads of things in the score that work really well, but then the lyrics and the songs, you know, thinking about your uncle, I'm pretty sure it's Hyde. There's a, there is the lyric. My uncle always told me that it, that it never will be easy. Now I'm looking to the sky, hoping that you rest in peace. It's really. Oh no, that, that, that was the song, uh, Invincible. No, it's not. It's Let Go. Oh, is it? Le- oh, Let yeah, Go. Yeah, it's Let Go. Sorry. It's, it's, it's none high. of the ones we're thinking high. of. It's none of the ones we're thinking of. But yeah, there are loads of like, you know, like, you know, listen to the lyrics and there are loads of things that really do, you know, work um, to the narrative in just wonderful ways. And that's the, that's the charm of, 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 you know, like licensing, like making your own music um, for the film. It's the kind of thing that, you know, like Black Panther does just, I think, a lot more uh, effectively. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Black Panther has a really good score as well. Yes, but, it does. <laughs> a bit, yeah. With like the song with Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, Ludwig Granson really brings it. Yeah, with um, with the another one um that I really liked. Oh, it was stars. No, it was it, it was all the stars. Yeah, all the stars. I yeah. really that one. Yeah, it's yeah. a great one. Yeah, yeah. and there's another one. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that's they're, they're, they're cool ones in that one too. And I think the score, it, yeah, it's all great. Um, so let's let's talk about La La Land. So my number three oh. and your number <laughs> one. La La Land. It's it's on the thumbnail. It's literally right there. You can see it on the screen right now. La La Land. Talk to me. <sighs> Man. Did you, La La do, do, you need, do, you need, do you need a moment? Do you need a moment? Are you okay? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's, I'm <laughs> sorry about that. I, I, I was taking a massive sigh, but um, yeah. So La La remember Land. the beauty of La La Land. Oh, man. La La Land. Uh, I need to watch it again. Um, so, La La Land. This is a very, very, very unique and very nostalgic film. It it has like the nostalgic elements of like the old musicals, like such as Hello Dolly, Singing mm-hmm. in the Rain, um, and other musicals um, uh, as well. Uh, uh, yeah, and it's just has that you know that that elements and. And the opening track, "Another Day of Sun," that's how you open. Start, that's how you open the film. It's just that exciting. It's just so, um, like I just know. It's, it's, it's like, like it's 
obviously La La Land isn't a conventional musical. It's like Another Day of Sun is saying, here's your conventional musical. Here's the whole world singing. And now we're going to, you know, everyone has a dream. Everyone wants to be it. Everyone wants to be in that. You know, it's Another Day of Sun. Everyone wants that. But but now let's, now let's you know, we'll turn it down and we'll link it. We'll, we'll, we'll move across and we'll, we'll look at these two characters. We'll focus on their kind of journey. The people who aren't yeah. dancing and singing, who haven't had that chance to shine. Here is how they will get that chance. Yeah, and it really, and uh, the song "Another Day of Sun" it really foreshadows the whole film. It mm. just foreshadows like there's a uh, there's a lyric like, uh, "One day he will sit down when the lights are off, and you uh, I don't know how it goes. I will just get the lyrics. Um, Someday in that sleepy like, town, he'll sit. One day lights are down, and see my face and think of how he used to know me. Ah, oh, yeah, climb so, these hills, <laughs> and uh, and it's just like. That like when I saw it in the cinema, I was just shocked. Like with the one uh, with the one take, like and it, the dancing, yeah. yeah. And it's just it's just exciting. It's just like it, you're being at you're you're at the theater, but like it's just you're transported back into that. Ah uh, man, it's I I just can't explain it. It's just that good. It's just like it, it's just. Uh, it's just, it's, I, I it's think just like it's ridiculous, but it's just like you know, it's just like your imagination is just like playing up, but then it's you, you can see it on the screen. It's just like, wow, wow, yeah, yeah. The 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 beauty of all the songs, as I just said about another day of sun, they kind of work as two. Obviously, that they have their musical elements, but each song focuses on the character so well you have someone in the crowd which is one part you know like getting ready for a party being like come on let's get out in the world and another part you know Mia feeling so alone that she can't be anything other than someone in the crowd and then she walks out and it's one of the greatest scenes ever in cinema it's incredible and then you know, you've got a lovely night where you know you've got this kind of classic kind of rom-com duet and then you've got like you know the the, you know, the dancing but it's, it's building the characters or or start a fire which is you know one part like jazz bop and then the other part showing that you know seb is losing his integrity as an artist and mir is getting like you know over overwhelmed by everything everything is so just so clever i think it's it's actually wonderful what you know um justin Hurwitz managed to do with the score as well you have mir and sebastian's theme which is more impactful and has more of a narrative uh you know, more of a purpose and more of an impact in the narrative than any of the actual musical songs do, you know? Like, yeah. you get that song in the auditorium, the first time they met, oh, the last time oh. they meet. It, it, it's wonderful. Yeah, and the, oh, the, it's called Planetarium. Yeah, and sorry, Planetarium. The, the directors, yeah, and the, the musical director, oh, the director um, Damien Chazelle, uh-huh. uh, and the uh, Justin Hurwitz, he they wanted to have, like, the planet home to have like to be their version of of like um of a sex scene so oh i mean i mean yeah i guess i see that i guess that's uh, yeah nice all right okay nice yeah i'll take that yeah sorry sorry to ruin about a bit but that's (laughs) That's not ruining it that's enhancing it john my experience has forever changed oh Oh, oh, right okay uh but (laughs) Oh, but like someone in the crowd, like Ugh. score just slowly just builds up that into that. Oh, like when Mia was looking into the mirror, and then she walks out, and then it's just dun 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 
it's so clever the way that the you know it, it's so slow and, and then as each kind of layer is added as a new instrument the oh. the um the shot cuts to behind her oh. where you start to see the snow and you start to see like the people kind of having fun and then it ramps up again yeah to, like, that climax and- of the pool and it, it's ah it's, incredible. it's just so theatrical and cinematic at the same time it's just like ah uh, it's it's just the cinema. I need to see it in the screen again. It's just Honestly, like that emotional. I, 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 I swear, like, you know, I think I think Spider-Verse is, is cleverer, but I think La La Land is so much more emotional and so much more kind of cinematic. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. I, I, I think I probably changed my mind. I think La La Land for me should be at number two, not at number three. Um, but but yeah. I'm um, saying that yeah. I think every musical, every amazing musical has to do this, right? The epilogue, right? Yeah. It replays all the songs with a different context. A- you get to see, oh, you get to see, ev- you get to see all the motifs and all the songs play with a different, with different, um, and it just works so well. It does. With the epilogue. Like yes. when Mia, when Mia and Sebastian are walking out at that stage exit, you can hear din, din, Yes, they play every single song. And what is so incredible about that is that that is what you do. That's what a good musical has to do. Uh, the uh. best musicals. I think of like Bugsy Malone does it. It plays bad guys again at the end, but it changes it to good guys and it's amazing. Even Greatest Showman, which I don't think is that good, but it, it plays the greatest show again at the end. Mary Poppins does it in Step in Time. It incorporates all the different motifs and it's just so intelligent. Like, what yeah. better way to make the film satisfying? And and the most infuriating thing for me about that is that the epilogue is where is the thing that people hate the most about the film. The thing that most people see and they're like, oh, I hate it because it's not it's not ha- it's not a happy ending. It's it's bittersweet and I don't like it. It should have been a happy ending. It should have ended up together. And people don't like the film because of the epilogue. But the epilogue is the, just the most genius part about it. Yeah, and it's just like the music compiles together. And it, it just makes about it, it makes you think about the character's journey a lot more. Like it's like M- Mia wanted to be an actress, and Sebastian. Well, in that timeline, they uh, Sebastian was supporting her, but yes. then Sebastian wouldn't chase his dream, so that kind of wouldn't work out for him. But you know, they fell in love, but Sebastian wanted to chase his dream, so yeah. So you can see like the two timelines. But we get to see the one they don't be together. But the film is saying that they got each other's dream, but they helped each other. So, yes, there is that. Yeah. Obviously, like I'll always love you. Like that, it, it's so important. And I also think that me, the final piece of music that you hear in the film before the credits is Mia and Sebastian's yeah. theme. That nod that they do to each other. It's just. It's it's poetic. It really is. You know, George Lucas would love it. It's poetry. It rhymes, and it is. It's just super clever how they do everything and they build it so meticulously. I can't think of a better musical that utilizes its music that intelligently. Yes, there are amazing musicals out there. There are loads of them, but apart from maybe Hamilton, I can't think of any musical that that utilizes motifs so eloquently. Um, but yeah. Don't quote me on that because I'm not the authority yeah. on musicals. Yeah. My sister is, but um, she probably is to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she. Uh, there's a fly. Get out, fly. Right. Um. Sorry. Um. And whoa, it, whoa, and whoa! John's killing the, a fly, everyone. 
sorry. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so La La Land is, the soundtrack is just nostalgic and it just works so well with the motifs and with the with the melodies as well like you can hear that in the engagement party um mm. like that with it i don't know what that's from or it could you know if when you see in city stars i think or yeah somewhere else. Oh, sorry yeah. if you, sorry if anyone is hearing a banging i don't know what that is maybe it's Maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's the master summoning the doctor in the end of time when he bangs. Oh, the, oh the, the and things. I really loved the song, uh, the audition oh, yeah, song, like the Force of Dream. The Force of Dream. Oh, Dream. That is absolutely wonderful. That song, like yeah, on on the DVD that I've got, it literally says uh, the the kind of like the the quote on the film or like the the subtitle oh, is yeah, I have is, that. I here's need- to the here's here's to the Force of Dream, and that is what the film is about it's about the falls of dream and you know believe that they can kind of that it's all going to be okay in the end um and it doesn't always end yeah, up that way. and it and it really hits hard so it does yeah yeah so yeah um, that wait, is Ryan, Ryan Gosling has a oh oh wait what, there's a city what? of stars Hollywood remix I don't n- no I don't want that I don't no I don't want that. I don't need that. I don't need that um, in my life. Um, no, it's with Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. What? I do, I do, what? Uh, ah! I'm scared. Right, okay. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. There's a remix of them singing. Okay. I'm showing it to you now. I'm showing it to you now. I sent it to you. I don't want... I do, oh, yeah, I saw it. Oh, I don't, I don't. I don't need this in my life. Hollywood remix. What? 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 Ah! I don't know what's happening. And, and then Ryan Gosling has got his own Spotify page. He's oh, got nice. His own radio. Nice. Um, yeah, and he's got one million uh, streamers. God oh. damn it! <laughs> and he's got his go. own um, bio. It says, "Multi-talented Ryan Gosling is best known for his role in this independent and major Hollywood cinema." You can read it for yourself in, wow. in Spotify. Yeah, it feels like it feels like we're sponsored by Spotify this week. I'm so sorry, Spotify. Um, yes, there are there are just disclaimer. There are other uh, music platforms out there, like iTunes, YouTube Music. Exactly, others are others are available. Um, so yeah, that that concludes our best scores, and I am just gonna. I think we should go straight to the outro here because yeah, we've been speaking for. For a very long time. So thank you everyone for listening, as always. Yeah. Oh, um, and hmm? can I just add something a little bit? Oh, go go on, go on. You add something. So, so this week, I got this comic. Oh yeah. And and it's called, ba- um, Dark Knight, Death Metal. Oh yeah. Wait, have you read it and already? Old... You read it yesterday. Have you read it already? Yeah, not already. Okay. But no, I just wanted I, I just want to show how glory it looks. Oh, you're like. teasing, you're teasing us. He's teasing us. We're gonna have to wait. I, I'm a sorry, whole, but, we're gonna have to wait a whole oh, week to hear your thoughts. Um oh, 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 oh. so Ooh. this comic oh. is crazy in the first three part uh, three pages. I just I want to see what it's like. So the opening starting, yeah. It's got Wonder Woman holding a chainsaw, oh. Batman's dinosaur from the Batcave. Oh. It, it's a, a live dinosaur that can oh. talk, and it's got Batman's brain, and <laughs> this, and Swamp Thing is there, and then and Wonder Woman is in, uh, in hell, but she's the and she's with the King of Hell, 
and she's. <laughs> I mean, that sounds that sounds great. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, and the. Brilliant. Yeah, so um, you can show that picture that I sent you of like holding. I can't the... be bothered. I can't be bothered, John. I can't be bothered. <laughs> but we'll Look. we'll we'll hear your thoughts next week. Look, it's so shiny. We'll 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 hear your thoughts next week because I can't be bothered editing yeah. that. And it has a very strong presence. So mm. um, it's mm. big, it's bigger than most of my comics, but apart from Watchmen, um, mm. yeah, nice. So yeah. So I'm, I'll be happy to read that. Yay! Yay! So thank okay, you everyone sorry, sorry for watching. Sorry, if you in, it's it's fine. Don't worry. If you enjoyed, you know, leave a like. You know, consider subscribing and looking at the rest of the stuff we're doing. Um, you know, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at at gmail or get in touch with us via Twitter or Instagram at outtimefilmpod. I am Tom Bourbon on Twitter. I am Comedy John Forty Two on Twitter. And next week. We are going to be talking about Invincible Season 1, the Amazon Prime show. So get watching those eight episodes. The final one airs on Friday. Get watching those. Ready for us to talk about it. And we're not alone, and... are we, John? We're not alone. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, get ooh. that Super Smash Bros. Um, music. Like, um, <laughs> a new uh, foe has appeared. A new challenger. <laughs> a new challenger. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we new have... challenger. We have our good friend, Joe, from Hegdog Films, who you can find on Instagram. Uh, his uh, details will be in the description below. Um, we're going to have him joining us to talk about Invisible next week. So for the main segment and the weekly viewing segment, we're not going to be alone. We're going to be, we're going to, we're expanding the franchise. Only for that episode, though, we'll probably have, you know, we'll have him on just for, for those two segments. And then, yeah, back to just, it'll be just us for the, for the rest of the episode. But Yeah. But yeah, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff, yeah. So we'll be uh, very excited. Um, we're very excited to have Joe on board. Definitely, so, it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be very cluttered. I mean, it's yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be so many thoughts going about. Um, but yeah, yeah, and then and then we'll be doing the Bad Batch the week after that, and then we, you know, we'll be we're going into the future, and and seeing what 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 things we have in store. And um, so yeah, thanks for listening. Um, anything last to say? Stay safe, everyone, as always. Uh, stay safe. Yeah, just um. Stay, wear a mask, wash your hands. Hopefully the uh, audio works this week. If it doesn't work, I'm really sorry. We're trying to fix it, okay? We're trying uh, to... Yeah. Don't know uh, what's different. Uh, Maybe it's the microphones. Yeah. So hopefully you'll enjoy our soothing voices. Um, <laughs> I, our voices are anything but soothing, I swear to God. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> they're, they're, they're chaotic. <laughs> chaotic, yeah. yeah. Right, well, uh, yeah. So without further ado, I take what you're given... Get nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.